So whatever is happening, whether it's traumatic or um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, the body keeps score. So it's, it's still, there's a tracking of some sort that's happening within the body. So over time, the more you don't lean into this space of expressing feelings, the more the body is taking a hit, the more the mind's taking a hit and it keeps score. Are you losing? Are you winning? Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on, Modern Masculinity family? Welcome to another episode. It's your boy, CK. And it's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, AKA A Squared. And today, powerful episode, we let you know last week about it. We're going to talk about the top five regrets of the dying. But before we do that, you know what time it is? Coach Cow, what's going on, big dog? How you feeling today? Oh, I feel energized. I think that uh, everyone can feel it in the room. I feel energized. These conversations that we're having really are, are they're just so tangible. They're so life relatable and working off of the death conversation and now this top five regrets of the dying conversation, they just just feel like they add a life. As mm-hmm. dark as kind of dark as they might seem, they just add an element of, oh, this is cool. I get to learn about this and then that will help me live better and more fully. So I think for me, I'm just energized to get into this conversation. I'm actually energized from the death conversation, believe it or not. Uh, I feel I feel on a high. I feel I'm living. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cha- not not dying, you know. For sure, for sure. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm a I'm a I'm a channel my I'm a channel my Chris Clyde. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like this this podcast gives this episode is going to give us context. Right, it's gonna give us context. Chris loves some context of how to think about things, you know. And I think I love. I'm a fan of context. <laughs> I, like context. Uh, I just love the idea of being able to, like, you know, get context and get perspective on, you know, these are people that have this. These are people that, you know, this is what their regrets were. Right. This is not. We're not in this hypothetical space no more. These are real people, real lives. Who this is what they've said, you know, and. I think you can learn a lot from the world when you listen to people who are going through real life experiences instead of the games that we're playing in our own mind, the stories that we're telling, the assumptions, you know, and I think I've never really heard this list before. So I'm going to hear it for the first time. I've never gone through this list and I'm excited to hear and to see if there's any like parallels between, you know, the men's space and, you know, what we go through and what we think about and um, the things that I think in my own personal life that I would think would be something that I regret. I wonder if they're the same, you know, mm. so I'm curious. Um, so today's mood, I would say, you know, I feel curious. I'm feeling very um, open minded and um, I'm feeling very much like. Cur- like curious is the word. Mm. I would say curious is definitely the word and willing to learn. 
I'm, I'm willing to learn something today. Love that. Um, I want to learn. I want to learn something. I want to learn something. I hope that this gives me some sort of insight and inspiration for, um, you know, you know how I feel about death and how that motivates me and inspires me. Maybe this can give me some sort of perspective on, you know, how I can change my everyday um, and it can ground me a little bit more. So continuing on with the conversation, there is a book that was written and there's many articles that are written about this idea of the regrets of the people who know that their time is coming to an end. And the book, I believe, is called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So to share those, I think that it would be really profound because I think that this is a conversation, even just in general, death is a conversation that's not happened enough, which I think is why so many people are uncomfortable with it. It's because it's not given air to breathe. Like you said, it's taboo. It's not a... Not as common as if you would just talk about life in general, right? But I think the more common it can be, the more comfortable we get, and the more likely it will be able to fuel us and allow us to live more fully because we we understand this idea that life is not infinite, it's finite. And, you know, one thing that I believe wholeheartedly, I, I kind of realize this, is if you think about like the first time someone was born, let's say hypothetically speaking, way back in the day, they would have just probably lived willy-nilly, you know, just kind of floating along, until they died and then whoever was in the process of coming into life at the same time wouldn't have acknowledged that there's an end to this so for me it's always been the idea that death births life life doesn't necessarily birth death so we're all going to die but if that wasn't the finite ending then life would lose value we wouldn't see it with value anymore um so it was just really profound for me anyway i just really wanted to share that i really like that story um, but getting into the top five regrets, so let's quickly kind of go through them and see how they're impacting and maybe see if we're living this way. So the fifth top one was, I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm-hmm. Now for, for everyone listening, we're just listening, listing this off. I actually haven't even read this myself yet. So this is fresh. So I wish I had let myself be happier. And I don't know about you two in the room, but for me as a man, I have for a long time blocked this specific thing i have felt like i am not allowed to be until xyz and so i don't think this way as often as i would like to and i feel like in the in the men's space you can probably relate oh yeah i agree wholeheartedly with that i think that i um i put my happiness on layaway Mm. you know what i mean it's like it's I'll buy that when I get there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I can't afford that right now. Just like you, you bring it to the cashier and you're like, can you put this mm. on hold for me? I'll be back. <laughs> and um, it comes from what you kind of just said there. It's like this idea that like, I'm not, maybe I'm not, not, I don't want to say worthy. It's not the word. It's like, it's not my time yet. Mm. You know, I'll be happy when everything around me is like happy and everyone's good. And like, I, like you said, you said it best. I block myself from the Mm -hmm. happiness. I put something in front of my own self and go, no, you you can't be happy because family members aren't happy. And you know, we haven't done anything that we needed to do yet. And like, what's, what are you happy for? Like, what are you like? You haven't accomplished, like look at your to-do list. Like, well, how many boxes are checked off? Like, uh, and so you're, you block, you might feel happy, but then you block it, you know? You might come outside and it's a sunny day and like your first instinct is to be happy and then you go, but you got work to do. So what the hell? Don't enjoy that feeling. But what are you happy for? Right. Um, and you just block, block, block is a great word. I think I just blocked myself from happiness. So mm. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just reading into like a quick description of this on this idea as well as uh, they mentioned that people stay stuck on their own patterns and, hab- and habits. They stay in the comfort zone and they fear change. So they don't usually, you don't find happiness often in those spaces because there's not a lot of evolution. Um, but one thing they do say that's really profound is many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice, which is a testament to kind of what we were just saying is that we block it. It's not that it's not there. Right. It's not that it's not capable of us feeling it. We just completely put up a wall and say, no, I don't think that's going to be it. One thing that really is profound that comes up for me. Have you ever seen the movie? uh, I think it's called Green Book. No. So really, really, really profound film. Very profound film. One of my favorite films I think I've ever watched. And it's actually on Netflix now. They, They release it on there. And it is... I won't even give too much context. I'm just going to let people watch it. But in there, there's a specific scene where the driver of the car, he's Italian, and he's eating his, I think, KFC chicken or something like that. And he's just really getting into his chicken. And then he, I think he starts laughing or something. And the, uh, the gentleman in the back acknowledged just his ability to just kind of do whatever he wants freely. And he said something along the lines of, my father taught me to, if you're going to do something, do it fully. So that's, I don't know what it was, but I watched the movie the second time when that landed for me. And now every single time I start to laugh, I acknowledged that I would actually stop, force myself to stop laughing as if I wasn't deserving of the joy that comes from this laughter. So I wouldn't laugh to the extent that I may have if I just laughed fully. If I let the laugh go for five seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, but I was blocking it as if I wasn't allowed to feel this joy that comes from this joyful moment because I haven't accomplished X, Y, and Z or reached X, Y, Z. It was, it's just been so profound. So I really felt like it landed in there because laughter is happy or silliness is happy, you know, um, even dancing. You know, I block the, I'd block the dance because of judgment maybe or what have you. Who knows? Because I'm a man. I'm not supposed to dance. Anyways, there's so much to it, but um, I just... A bit much there. You're mad you're not supposed to dance. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know how I went there. Yeah. Um, but you're not supposed to feel joy. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's more so... We, yeah. Profound, though. I mean, damn. You really hit the nail on the head there. Like, the amount of times I've self-stopped the laughter is ridiculous. Like, it's actually insane. And, like... It sounds I'm, crazy I'm, to say out loud. Dude, I'm processing this in real time. I'm just like... There is so many times I can think of, I can close my eyes and just think of me going, like literally stopping myself from laughing, like holding it back, suffocating it. And I don't think that there, it was an active act as no. much as it is like, I don't, but I, I couldn't tell you why I'm doing that. Mm-mm. It's just happening. You're just bringing it to a close. Or like in a, in like a meeting or like in kind of some sort of like where you want to laugh, but you just choose not to. Because of like, I think you said, you said the word there, judgment. Mm. You said the word there, the perceive, the perception. And also there's something to be said about like, people want to knock you down when you're happy. Right. Very good point. Right. Like, how can you be so, cause they're almost jealous. There's an envy there of your happiness. There's also an envy of like your authenticity. hundred percent. Cause people feel that energy. Laughter is a great example. Uh, moving on to the fourth one, the fourth most popular one. It says, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Um, for me, 
are we are we speaking these into like does it land for you are you living your truth with that is that how is that how we're breaking yeah. these down yeah i think this one won't be something that i say mm. i won't i won't regret this one love that i'm active about this i'm conscious like i'm very 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 conscious one of the reasons why i got back on social media was because of the disconnect of this mm. i was like i can't live in a world where i don't know how my people are doing i need to know and like, I'm the person who's randomly FaceTiming you, calling you, texting you, asking, like I live there. So I know that, um, you know, you often, th- you often hear um, my cousin Amir, you know, he talks about when he leaves, when he left the game of basketball, you know, he, he knew in his heart, he left it all on the line. So whatever was left was left. Mm. He has no regrets to that, you know? And I think live with no regrets is the idea that um, when you leave it all out there, when I know that I'm the type of person who would FaceTime Chris if I don't talk to him for a little while, when you know you're that person and then your time comes, you're not going to be upset about that. I was, I was active. I was trying in those spaces. Mm-hmm. It just, my time ended up ending. Like, but when you're one of those people who don't reach out and you don't engage and you don't put value on relationships and you don't care about that at all, and then you pass away, you might feel like, damn, mm-hmm. I left a lot on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that that will be one that will be for me. Mm. That, is, that, that, that I'll be the opposite of that one. Love that. Just wish I had more time would probably be more. Mm. Good point. I like that. Appreciate you sharing. That's that's big. And I think that, you know, I, I've heard these weird stats about uh, men not having close friends that they feel like they can speak to or even having one or two best friends, which I think is a crazy stat. But um, I know for me in this in this space, I've always struggled with trying to identify where the hell I belong. So my friend groups have been constantly changing and constantly evolving and friends have come in and come out and it's been a wild journey for me. So I don't know if this one would be something I would think about at the end. I hope not, but I think it's nice to be conscious of it now, of that there's a lot of people in the world that are coming to the end of their days and they're saying, I wish I had in touch with my friends because I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel that way. So I think it's a nice little motivator almost to continue to move that needle forward and to whoever is in is in my space right now to put in maybe more effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it beautiful so now moving on to the third top answer was and this one I think is going to speak volume is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Oh, welcome to the modern masculinity podcast. Seriously. <laughs> this is, 
So the, what they describe here in this specific article is many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illnesses related to the bitterness and resentment they carried as a result. So this one is powerful, and I think I'm actually really happy that this is one of them, as really messed up as that might sound, because I think it just puts into context more and more of what we are here trying to support people in doing as best as we can and support ourselves in doing is just expressing what is going on. And that's the whole context of the mood check. Just express what's going on. Even if it's in the most ridiculous of language and you don't have the language for it yet. For me, you know, I did this my whole life, not express my feelings, did this my whole life. And where did it get me? Nowhere. Mm -hmm. It made things worse. It bottled up. It led to outbursts. It led to outlandish actions, running away. It led to everything because I just wouldn't speak on it. it. It tormented me. And it's 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 the biggest elephant in the room in terms of men, I think, is this idea that because like we've been saying, man, the whole holding your emotions in the void of emotion is is a real beast that haunts men, you know? And um, the saddest part is that like real genuine connection comes from a place that is of emotion, is of whether it's good or bad, it just shows you that that bothered you or that didn't bother you. And by navigating those emotions and those feelings, you really understand who you are, right? When you find out what bothers you and what doesn't bother you and you address them, you know, mm. you know now and you know how to like protect yourself from things that bother you and things that don't. But if you're if you don't feel and something that came up for me in this is like there was the beginning of um, uh, J. Cole's new album. There was a, like an an intro it's not something that he's saying it's just like an intro to the track you know when they talk over or they pick some sort of historic and um he says what's more important getting or letting go oh my gosh when i first heard that dude Ugh. the climb back in case anyone's curious as to what the title of that track is Woo! dude it was man i spent probably like 15 minutes just like i paused the track i stopped i went hold up hold up man I think like when I think about my life, I'm like, dude, which one am I, which bucket am I feeding? Because mm. am I letting things go or am I just trying to solve my problems by getting more things? And the craziest part about that is when you think about death and regret in, the, in, in this container is it's actually closer to let go than it is to get. And letting go has more peace in it. Mm-hmm. And getting is not guaranteed. You don't actually know when celebrities talk about this idea of being famous and money, they're telling you what they're trying to say to us is that just because you get these things don't change your problems. Your problems are internal. Your problems are letting go problems. Mm -hmm. That's why the line, like, especially people don't take it into account as much. More money, more problems. Like that's a factual statement. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be all loosey-goosey and you're good mm -mm. Mm -mm. and it it really speaks uh sorry to interrupt it speaks about my most recent move you know is that i have all of these things that i did not take with me on my move and i had to let them all go but in the process i also had to get them right but if i was overly attached to all of this getting then i wouldn't be able to let them all go and i would find the whatever way i could to latch onto all of these things and bring them with me but Letting go is really kind of knowing that you're good, 
no matter what the getting is. So you can let those things go if they have to go, but you're, you're still good. You're still good. We asked the question on one of the podcast episodes was, if you did lose everything, would you be okay? The body you build, the car you got, the job you got, the partner you have, if you lost it all, would you be okay? And that's kind of the idea of, of letting go. For sure. And it's just super profound. I mean, take some time to think about it, you know, and think about your, your walks of life and how you move. And as men, I think we're getters, right? Mm. I think this, this sentence itself is very is striking for men because we're, I feel like we don't really subscribe to letting go. You know, we let, we let whatever that pain is drive us to get more. The way to go through it is to get, mm. oh, you don't think I'm capable or this is the shortcoming that I've had. Oh, I had a deadbeat dad in my life. Okay. I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to make myself something. I'm going to be self-made. And really that letting go is where the peace is, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, you know, I just only heard that song yesterday or that expression yesterday. So I haven't really fully unpackaged mm-hmm. it, but I know that it hit me hard, hit me like a brick because, um, is the letting go the bigger issue? Mm. You know, is the letting go more self-serving than the getting? Mm. I don't know, but ponders a, ponders a deep question. Mm-hmm. And in context with this too, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Getting or letting go, letting go of the feelings, which is almost like letting them pour out. Mm-hmm. And what I really appreciate about this description is that it mentions many developed illnesses relating to the bitterness and resentment. So like holding and keeping these heavy emotions in can actually make you sick. And there's a whole book about this called the body keeps score. So great title. Yeah. So whatever is happening, whether it's traumatic or, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, the body keeps score. So it's, it's still, there's a tracking of some sort that's happening within the body. So over time, the more you don't lean into this space of expressing feelings, the more the body is taking a hit the more the mind's taking a hit and it keeps score. Are you losing? Are you winning? Moving on to number two, the top one. Um, And this one, um, let me see if you can guess it. This first sentence says, this came from every male patient that I nursed. It it identifies male specifically? Yep. This came from every male patient that I nursed. Women also spoke of this, but um, we're here. Do you want a hint, or do you feel? Is like it you... something along the lines of saying "I love you" or something like that? No. Um, give me a hint. Many of the female patients had not been breadwinners. I wish I hadn't focused so much on work. Did, something like. Did else. you read my laptop? No, I didn't. I'm about to pass out over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did read your laptop. Is that smart? Was well something done. along those lines. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Well done, Chris came from every male patient, every male, not, it didn't say some, it said every single one. Right. Every male patient that I nursed. They're getting, man. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. <sighs> All of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Damn, I hope people oh, hear that, man. I hope people hear that. That is super profound. And, and so crucial to this space. You know, I think that what this doesn't say is that stop working hard. That's not what it's necessarily saying. It's just saying, what is the real priority here? What, what, where is life going to feel the most fulfilling? And yes, jobs are great. 
Of course, they always will be. They provide you with the foundation to support the family and stuff. Of course, those are all great. But if it if it's going to be at the end of your life and you're saying here, I missed my children's youth and my partner's companionship, then did you enjoy the, the ride at all? Because it doesn't sound like that would happen. And this one scares me the most. Out of, I think, all of the five that we're reading here, that one I, I reached the farthest away from is that I don't ever want, I don't want to feel that way. Not in the slightest. Mm. Now, again, the pendulum can swing and you can not work at all, right? And then it's kind of challenging to live in this world if you don't work hard at all. Um, but I never want to want to feel like I have to say that at the end of my days, ever. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely don't want to say that either. And I think the reason why I work my goddamn tail off now is because of that. Mm. I'm a single guy. I got no one, I got no one to show off for but myself. Mm. And my family, like, I don't have, see, he said companionship and children there. Mm-hmm. I don't have those things. So I don't live life complacently. Because when I do have those things, I want to have known that Anwar at 30 was busting his ass to make sure that he could spend more time with his family. Mm. And so I don't take, I see being single as you get a little bit of a head start, buddy. You want to spend more time with your children? You start now. Mm. Because you paved the way for those times, right? Mm-hmm. Money and time are just an exchange for each other. I'm sacrificing a lot of time right now so that I can have the money that I need to buy my time back, right? So, like, I really, like, I, I wholeheartedly believe in this is because I don't want to be having to pick and choose, like, you know, and I might not get there. I might have to still bust my butt, but I'm going to try really hard when I'm single, mm. You know what I mean? So I don't, I'm, not, I'm only compromising my own time right now. Mm. And you also um, said a, a good word in there, which was, I, I don't live in complacency. So whatever you are doing right now, you've kind of learned to harmonize the process for yourself so that it isn't, doesn't feel like if you die tomorrow or you were going to die in a week, you felt this way because mm-hmm. you were still doing your best to feel joy and some level of fulfillment and peace in your day there was still an effort to find those moments and there was still an effort to still live regardless of if you were working hard or not so and you weren't complaining about the process like oh i gotta work so hard today which changes the narrative really fast Mm -hmm. so i love that yeah it's definitely grounding it's like i show up to work every single day and like in my circle and in my life my work has a lot more meaning because it's i don't i don't work for anwar I'm working for like a future Anwar. I'm working for my, my, my parents. I'm working. I'm, I, when I go to work and I log on, it's not just me at the desk. It's so many other people that I bring mm. on with me. And it makes me, that energy makes me go about my work differently. Mm. I often say, I don't know who I would be if I had no one to really take care of. Because what would I, I really, if I didn't care about relationships and like, you know, some of the things that make me go, I often wonder, I'm like, would I be okay with just like a nine to five, 60K job? And just be like, ah, I'm chilling. Like, I don't, mm. I don't need, I don't need, what do I need everything else for? What do I need time back for? What do I need? But it's this desire to be like, I want to be at my kids' sporting events. I want to be at my, I want to be at whether it's art, whatever they're into, I want to be there. I want them to know that I was there. And maybe that comes from a place of like, you know, my parents never saw me play basketball ever. You know, they never even watched a single game. And maybe the letting go there is that I need to let that part of me go. But, I don't want my kid to feel how I felt when they look into the stands and there's no mom and dad there ever. And if I can already foresee that work might be one of the things that gets in the way of that experience, how can I manipulate that process now Mm. and make sure that that isn't a narrative? 
And so I like that a statement and I've been interested to hear what you, what you think about this is, um, it, this thing, this statement goes, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters more about who you do it with. Absolutely. Oh my God. Traveling gave me that. Mm. The only cities that I remember in my head are the ones that I had people to do it with Mm. all the cities that I went to by myself. I could have been in the nicest. I could have been in the nicest place in the world. Look to your left, look to your right. No one to share that moment with. It's gone. Mm. It doesn't exist in my memory. In an absolute shithole bar in like <laughs> some crappy ass dungeon with like laughter and people. I can remember the whole night. So I know that to be factual. Mm. Love that. It's all about who's around. Well said. And then the last one, the most common regret of the dying. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the lives others expected of me. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it's easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. So the the statement again says, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. You ever fall in that trap? I think Les Brown says it best. He says, the place with the most dreams is the graveyard. Mm. Big facts. Big facts. The place with the most dreams is the graveyard. And when I remember when I first heard that, I was like, damn. You know, and that kind of speaks to what you're saying there. It's just this idea that to not have the courage to go after what you want. Um, mm-hmm. And we're just, we're just, we're just, we're, we're a lot of, a lot of us humans are just trying to appease something and someone sometimes we forget, we lose self in that, you know, we lose the facade is sometimes just so glamorized, you know what I mean? And we, um, we lose the identity and we lose who we are and we just go about life. And, you know, I could imagine laying there on my deathbed thinking, damn, man, I was in the rat race. Could have been in my own race. Mm -hmm. Could have been in my own race, man. It's playing the wrong game. Mm -hmm. Damn. And just feeling like bothered by that, you know, because, your thoughts are original, right? Everything you think is an original piece. Right. And you just never sat with your originality long enough. You just were in, you know, copy and follow mode. Um, yeah. And this really speaks to me with the, when I left my job, when I left my perceived career of cactus, it was this exact statement pretty much. I just didn't realize it at the time as I wasn't living true to myself. I was living and continuing that journey based on what others expected of me, what they thought of me. And, you know, I'm in complete honesty, it, it is challenging because there are people in your life, specifically family, who have this idea still and this hope for you. And if you don't live through that version, you really, you're challenged. It's challenging and not, uh, they're not always happy for you in those contexts uh, if you're living through and through and true to your own choices. So when I made that decision, it was hard. I put it off for years. 
And it was literally because of this statement. So for me, you know, I, I know I won't be able to say this at the end because I'm doing my best every single day to live through that based on the idea that I realized I wasn't. But I think it's sometimes coming to the idea that you realize you aren't. And sometimes that doesn't happen for people, um, which is unfortunate. But um, I think that this being the number one makes the most sense because a lot of people, like you said, are living that rat race and are living that, uh, what does this say, treadmill of a work existence that just takes them completely away from authenticity and the dreams that they thought couldn't be realized because of society's whatever or parental whatever, friend whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough journey for sure. Can you one more time summarize in order the top, the top from one all the way to five, um, just so that we can hear it all in one and then let's do maybe a takeaway. What's your biggest takeaway from it? Let's do it. So number one was the one I just mentioned. It was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the lives others expected of me. The second one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. <laughs> and I, honestly, I think that it's five for me. You just laughed um, because of just the, the hilarity behind that statement. And I think that that's, that's my takeaway is that I don't want to come close to saying that because that just sounds, ugh, it just sounds rough. And I, I just, I think on the journey that I've been on, I didn't really realize that maybe at the end of it, I would end up saying that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that would suck to say that I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm -hmm. Cause like they said here, many didn't realize until the end that happiness is a choice. And I sit here in this space with the three of you, two of you, sorry, and just grateful that I realized this already, that happiness is a choice. Because if I didn't, I would continue blocking the opportunity to be happy for the foreseeable future. And how many years of happiness have I already lost? And I'm not even 30 yet. That already sucks to say out loud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, no, that's pretty crazy. That's wild to hear out loud. Um, I think I was I was I was more so kind of giggling and laughing a little bit, not because it was the last one, but because as you went through it, you know, one was you know had residue like had residue of like dreams and not fulfilling you know going after your dreams. Two had some sort of like um, work related concept. Three had some sort of feeling related concept, and then the last one had some sort of you know happiness component. And I hope men are listening to this. Mm. This isn't a men-specific list. No. This is, this is the top five things. It's for everybody, men and female. But listen to the words. Work. Feeling. Blocking yourself from happiness. Men, listen. These are the, these are the top five things we talk about. All the time. All the time. It's, 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 if you don't understand the, the pressure that you're putting yourself in, um, if this is to me as a man listening to this, if these are the top five things about death and I'm looking at the men's space, fellas, we got, we're going to regret a lot. 
we're gonna fuel this this stat. We're just gonna say we're, these we're five f- things. We're gonna fill the box score on this yeah. one, fellas, because we're not doing very well at these things. And these contribute, not to cut you off, these are like the biggest contributors to our challenges with mental health right now. Is are these uh, amongst uh, obviously other things, but I would say if you were to say what's contributing, it's these five things. Not letting ourselves be happy, not letting ourselves express our feelings, ignoring our friendships, thinking they don't exist, working way too damn hard, and not pursuing anything that we actually believe in. I didn't realize this list would come through. <laughs> Such a, real, a thing relatable to this podcast. Insane. So to finish up this week's podcast, you know what time it is. It is CK with a PQ for you leading into next week's episode. And we have a very special episode to honor Father's Day, which is coming up this Sunday. Next week, we have brought on two incredibly powerful guests, one that is just a brand new father, one that has two young boys as an, and is about to bring a third into this world. We're bringing in the fatherhood conversation, supporting all the men out there who are already fathers, who are about to be fathers, and who desire to be fathers in the future. Join us next week for this incredibly powerful conversation. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember that it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.